0: All right, everybody, it's uh, Scoots here, and I have an exciting... Well, not exciting, sorry. I misspoke. Uh, I'm uh, proud to present to you a new kind of, you know, like, uh, occasional uh, trend. It was a new way to trend episodes here, uh, which I guess I won't, like, uh, I'm not going to give you... But this one is, uh, oh, boy, is this exciting, like... uh, because once again I have access to someone from across the transverse plane uh, to talk about their myths. Uh, uh, so without further ado, I uh, b- present uh, D.D. Oh, thank you, Scooter. Yes, my name is uh, D.D. And I'm here to uh, talk to you about the tales and the folk, you know, the like folklore, from a place I live, uh, Venelton, v- v- Venelton, and well, not technically, now these aren't the folks or the myths, I'm researching folks or myths uh, and, uh, from things I've collected uh, during my journeys around v- Nolten, uh because I say, well, what, what can now, some people would say, are you an am- amateur anthropologist at D.D.? And I would say, well, what's can you can can you what's the difference? Can can you tell me exactly what the difference between an amateur and a pro is? Am I paid to do this? Uh, Believe it or not, I like I guess scooter compensates me, Uh, and uh, so that would make me a pro technically. What if, it, can can you be compensated if you're a figment of someone, if you're in the figment of someone's mind and you're compensated, you are pro. I mean, so I guess I'd like to point that out. And so, but, but I'm not exactly clear, to be honest with you. Like, I wouldn't call myself an amateur, well, I guess I wouldn't call myself a professional anthropologist or archaeologist because... My profession is a little bit different than that. I'm more of a professional. Infer- is there someone that's called an infer- infernologist? I know there's phrenologist, which is someone that feels the things on your, you know, your skull. And I'm an infernologist. I, I infer. I'm, I would say that's my job. I don't know if that's a thing. Maybe I'm the first. Uh, Dr. D, you know, if I, if it became a degree, you would call me Dr. D.D. Or triple D, I'd go by triple D probably at that point. Uh, and quadruple E, yeah, correct, thank you, yes, Scooter. Scooter pointed that out, That it's interesting. Triple D, quadruple E, Dr. D.D., there's an R and a period in there too, or D-O-C-T-O-R, Dr. D, whatever that is in ellipses. A dash. So I, but I, yeah, because I infer things. Now I'd say infer not, infer, infer, inferologist, uh, the inferologist. Not easy to say. And I'd say it's more of a pastime inferring things. So I'm here in Venalton, Well, I'm here in Scooter Studio. But I want to take you. Uh, to a place they discovered a recent cache during my wandering and my meandering in Venelton. I came across a stack of, uh, well, access to myths. And so I'm going to tell you one of the great stories of what I believe when when, when Venelton's heyday Uh, This was a tale that was told, oh, was it? It was a tale of the dancing marionette. And uh, it was an important tale because it was one, because we do, you say, your world in Wienelton had different uh, connections. Uh, But so, oh, boy, was this, now this dancing marionette, her name was Wisteria. And she was a performer in a traveling show for a long, long time. And, and she played roles, like, uh, currently she was in the role of a, a can-can dancer. And she had, like, uh, the, the 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 billowing skirts and the, the uh, I don't know if they, I want to call them ears, but uh, whatever you call them that are under your, uh, like, if you're wearing a, a, a skirt with many layers... I don't think they're called pant pantaloons, but you know, for, for, like so that when she would high kick, uh, uh, it looked good, and she had a feather in her hair, short sleeves because she did so much dancing, and she was of course in our in Vinalton, marionettes can be sentient beings, but back in the you know the, the the early days, it wasn't in this stage they hadn't be you know established. Uh, the union of, uh, sentient marionettes, uh, as part of a like, like, which was a subunion of other sentient things that were once products, uh, and, you know, didn't have their limitations respected and things. So she had strengths, but she had been in this show for a long time, and she had adjusted to her life and found many moments of joy in performances for children and adults, and she was beloved. And though the puppeteer uh, was, it was a complicated thing, you know. She she was well taken care of and prepared for the shows. But then one time, this new person came to the show. It was a wooden boy, and as much as she, like, she just couldn't, you know, she was was a being and she had feelings. And this boy, while a wooden boy, claimed he was once a puppet, but then that he no longer had strings to hold him down. And she probably knew, because I know some children would say, well, this is, like, the story, She she's here to tell, we're here to tell a myth that she encountered. And I'm sure that boy had, its own, the wooden boy had its own myth and went on to its own adventures. But as soon as this wooden boy came in her life, uh, a, a dissatisfaction that had gnawed at the back of her mind, uh, you know, because she was really the founder. Like, the reason we're telling you this myth, because maybe you said, Well, I'm going to go to sleep. Tell me the end. Also, Scooter said, I would only be compensated if I told you the end early on, because all will be well. She became the great uh, founder of the, the Sentient Marionettes Union. And uh, like, you know, a true heroine uh, of of things. And this wooden boy was the catalyst for her action, not the cause. Uh, And maybe there would have been some other catalyst at another time, but she just couldn't let it uh, go. You know, something that had been deep in the back of her mind, why do I have strings? Uh, Do I have a free will? I, why do I have a knowledge of free will? You know, those kind of things. You know, we don't need to fixate on them because it was merely the spark that sent her on her own journey. First, she was expected to perform with this wooden boy who was oh so happy, singing about the lack of string and oh how happy the boy wooden boy was and uh even the boy wanted to talk to her because the boy had, had been a, a puppet at some point or a doll or something. I don't know. She she forgot because she was. Uh, she said, well, how did you get? Well, some it was, it was visited by like uh, something or other. Wishing upon a star. And she said, tell me exactly how it works. She said, said well, I didn't wish upon a star. Someone else did. And then this thoughts about free will started to really, well, what do you, this uh, parental figure or something. And she looked at the pu- 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 puppet master and she said, This puppet master, is, you know, I'm simply a tool for this puppet master. You know, I'm not, uh, this puppet master is not going to lay in bed at night and dream of my free will. And so she, 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 you know, and the boy said, "Oh boy, I, you know, I have a blah blah blah. I met this and this, and I'm like, I'm gonna go. Uh, and uh, this is oh, I how I miss uh, this." And the, and she said, "I'm fed up. Don't do, please stop talking." And what do you mean? I'm just excited. I want to be a real boy. And she said, well, at least you don't got no strings to hold you down. You keep singing about that. It's getting on my nerves, kid. And so she said, listen, I'm, she did apologize before this kid actually set out on its own and headed off, uh, which even it did. She was glad she about. She said, listen, I'm just feeling strongly. I'm sorry I'm short with you, wooden boy. Uh, you know i'm having strong feelings about the fact that you get to go off traipsing around uh, on stage and uh, and she goes you know you know and you have this new newfound sense of physical free will and i have these strings um that i re- like i don't even have my own control over uh, and the boy said, "I hey, accept your apology, I understand, uh, but the boy didn't really understand, because he was just a boy, he was just a wooden boy, he hadn't lived in the world yet, and, you know, like she had. So the wooden boy didn't really know that, uh, you know, what it was like to be a marionette, uh, and, and later in life, I think the wooden boy did relate, say, oh, well, I know what it was like to be, okay, now I understand, but at this point, she she he didn't really understand. He couldn't get it. Uh, and then uh, uh, the boy got away, like got away. Now, and she thought about this, and she said, "This really, you know, burns my bridges." You know that uh, she said, "What does that even mean?" I heard it before in the, from the audience. Uh, she said, "Maybe it's my bridges that are burning." And then she started to think about it. She said, wait a second. Like, uh, if that boy, wooden boy, had no strings to hold him down, he was celebrating that. What if I celebrate the opposite? And, you know, this puppet show with the boy with no strings had gotten quite acclaimed. So the puppeteer was very devastated that he no longer had access to this boy And he started buying all sorts, and actually, believe it or not, though this puppeteer was not well-known, was a bit brusque. The puppeteer did start like a layer of a level of innovation that would eventually be taken up by other puppeteers. And so this puppeteer started buying more and more tools to try to create the illusion of a dancing puppet. Uh, without uh, the, the strings uh, it, like using uh, sticks painted black and like uh, more uh, black velvet and started with with uh, with, with our heroine wisteria uh just started like making alternations alternation alter, alterations uh, to her back uh where he could, we could put wooden dowels in uh, to make her move. But it wasn't successful, but always Wisteria paying attention for at the same time she was calculating, well, if I could find a way to use my strings to hold me up, I've got lots of strings to hold me up, Uh I could find a way to get out of here too, just like that boy did, the wooden boy. I'll find a way to get out of town. And she was also frustrated, and at night she would lie out and look at the window and whatever the boy had told her about, uh I don't know, uh, sprites or fairy godparents or, uh, you know, powers and crickets, uh, she didn't have any of that. She just had the night sky and the moon and the stars. And for 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 many months, as she was working on her plan, she would let those moons and stars let them know how she felt about them, and using terms like Razzafrazin, friggin' Martian Zizin fra you know, she she would say it, and she would hold the strings in her mouth uh, that held her fist up, so she could shake her fist. Uh, ...at the moon and the stars... ...because she would lay down... ...where she would be laying... ...after the performance. And she... ...so she she would lay there... ...and for a while... ...she would lay... blast, blast, and blast, and, uh, ...and she even... ...she saw a couple of shooting stars... ...and she said... ...what do I wish upon... ...a shooting star, a regular star... ...I don't even remember... ...and like she would make wishes... Uh, I wish it didn't shine so bright... ...you silly star... ...and hey moon... Take it from me, like, next time you go, like, uh, you slowly slip into darkness, don't come back, uh, unless you're going to help me get it, you know, what would you make, you know, very, very tough times. Uh, And I I said to myself, uh, you know, as I'm looking at this myth and uh, speculating on it, you'll say, Inferring things, I say one thing I would infer is like, Oh, the times couldn't have been easy in Vinelton, you know, if this was one of their famous myths. Uh, but you have to know that the myth was being told to children. So you say, Well, it's going to be okay, isn't it? Uh, and uh, you, say, well, you say, Well, what elements do you think uh, Wisteria would need? And she say, Well, she has her determination. Will she need some assistance? Will it have to be cosmic assistance, or something else? Uh, well, one day she uh, she she after many months of developing, using her mouth and her teeth to do things, uh, she started to find she started to collect things that the, the puppet master, the puppet maker, or the puppet plusser, would throw aside broken wood dolls, and she would hide them. Eventually she found her way, she could find her way to crawl a bit like a, you know, uh, like a, and she said, oh, I can crawl. I never would have realized this, uh, even without my strings, I crawl, you know, like a ground-based being. And she would get these wood dowels, and she would actually use just a little bit of glue that she could find and glue them under her clothes to her body parts uh, so they could be undetectable. But just enough glue that if she needed to pull it out with her mouth, uh, she could. And she even learned to grip small things because her eyes would open and close. She did have control over her eyes and her eyelashes, Thank goodness," she would say. She would say, Because she heard of many people in the audience as they were waiting for the show to start talking about gratitude. And almost every night, she would say, "Well, I still have gratitude. I can shut my eyes and quit looking at you, stars and moon. That uh, don't bring me no like uh, whatever that wooden kid had." And she she would say so. I'm shutting my eyes, and her eyelids were made of uh, wood, so it was nice for her. She had to do she actually worked, but eventually she she was ready, uh, and she had found a way, practicing and practicing, to actually make like uh, make her own little thing. Like she made like connections, so she could put wood dowels and things, and that she could actually. Move herself, uh, like a be her own self marionetting uh, is what it was. And uh, she took her time. This is over, slow, quick, figuring out okay, now I can move my foot, uh, now I can uh, make myself stand up or sit down. And uh, of course, uh. She got better and better at it now, what she did not know, oh boy, was that puppet master still trying to figure things out, and the puppet master couldn't sleep because uh you know ticket sales had plummeted, bookings were down because uh without that wooden boy, it was just really hard figuring it out now, the puppet master was uh, you know making breakthroughs, but still compared to a boy that would sing. I'm a wooden boy look at me. I'm so great. Got no strings and all that. Uh, it was a tough sell. Uh, but one night, the puppet master happened to see her practicing, and he clapped his hands in gleeful joy. And that uh, surprised Wisteria because she thought she was alone. But Wisteria, her mind was strong, because it had been forged, you know, with her rivalry with the moon and the stars, uh, and uh, she, 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 she said, "Oh, I'm so happy! Uh, you know, I I wanted to be like that boy, like uh, that could dance and those kind of things, and and you know, to bring back the audience that I love performing for so." And, you know, the puppet master was, like, obviously, like, uh, fool me once, uh, don't worry. Fool me twice, puppets, and, uh, you know, I'll be in big trouble. So the puppet master did not want her to do the same thing. But he saw how her movements were much different than the puppet boy, the wooden boy. She still was, like, uh, trying to learn and get better and develop it. Now she was so brilliant. She said, "Well, I'm going to have to need. I'm going to need a lot of time uh, to get this down. A lot of rehearsal time, probably on stage time." And uh, the, the puppet master said, "Okay, okay." And then she was always listening in the audience, and she had heard that this new thing w- w- was a way for other performers that went town to town to town to improve they would have these they called them vip experiences and so she told the puppet master about this you just charge her like a lot more than a ticket or a donation and they get to have tea with the puppet or the performer and he said oh with the puppet master and the performer said well maybe you could try out some but i think uh the idea of your child having tea with a, just a puppet with no strings or a self, uh, self, whatever, like a puppet. Well, we'll just see. And and so time went on and she was patient, you know, because again, she knew that the moon always changed and always came back to mock her. And that kind of thing. uh, So she was waiting, and she said, "One day I'm going to have this VIP experience, uh, and I'm going to be able to do it." Uh, And then she got to this one town where they had an extended stay. It was a larger town, and the town had uh, uh, very—it was stratified. There was like it had very rich farmland. Uh, but the farmland was just owned by a few of these, like, uh, people that owned the farmland, and a lot of people just worked on it. And those people had, like, uh, living in the less fertile land. And it was a tale as old time. And they worked for the landowners. and, and But this was a lot of, land, like, this is a large area. So even... Like, the people that could afford these VIP experiences, they were booked night after night after night. And she would do a VIP experience where she would drink tea with adults or adults and their children, and she would sing a couple songs, and the puppet master was happy because it really helped uh, pay the bills. The puppet master said "We could, wait, well, yeah, well, this is going to be great. And actually, it was doing so well that she could tell that the puppet master had started to think about other things, you know. uh, And other people were coming to the show and asking the puppet master about the innovation. So she knew the time was right uh, to, you know, they also said, well, how do you, like, uh, if you're going to have a sentient uh, uh, marionette, uh, a self-propelled sentient marionette, that sounds like a bad idea. And he had thought too much of himself. He thought most of the, he'd started to assume all the innovations were his. Now, meanwhile, a lot of times that, uh, during these VIP experiences, you know, the, the, some of the, 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 uh, the what are those called, the patriar- members of the patriarchy, they thought they were too cool to, to have tea with a marionette or that it was a gimmick. Uh, the papas. So they would let the children or the, like, and they would just stand off on their own uh, drinking ale and commenting or gossiping. Uh, but Wisteria, she heard it all. And uh, so she, she, one time she had heard uh, of this family. This was in this, this same town, uh, uh, Longblay, it was called, Longblay. This is the same big town I was telling you about. And so, in this big town, uh, you know, like I said, there's like different things. So, so they were making, kind of making fun of this uh, mother and her son that worked for this one landed, you know, whatever, Duke or Earl or something. Oh, boy, boy. Like, and I told them, no, blah, blah. And then they came and tried to sell their cow. Uh, This was another person who ran like the the livery or whatever. And I said, your cow, you know, it's not well-fed, blah, blah, blah. Sell it to some, maybe, like, uh, have it for dinner. And the boy said, well, no, no, we love the cow. We just want to, and they said, nah, hit the road, kid. And then the kid had seen the thing, and and then the the wisteria said, oh, wait, I've seen that boy looking in from the outside of the tent, appearing in. They said, then the boy came back the next day and said, they said, where's your cow? And the boy said, I traded it for these magic beans. And my mother said, not happy. And she said, trade it for the, and they said, magic beans. Uh, you know, he traded it with, I don't know, some traveling wizard or witch or something. But Wisteria, she felt something inside her. She said, well, why this is... Uh, Worth looking into. I'm, I'm playing the long game, and uh, so then she saw the boy watching, and she would make a symbol, like uh, she'd t- like try to make eye contact with the boy and try to get it. And it took many performances till the boy got the idea of to go around the side in between sets, where she'd cha- she'd even change her own outfits at this point. And there was a couple semi-atomic marionettes, but nothing like her. None of the other marionettes, uh, they were just more used to their roles uh, in the show. Maybe they just didn't have, I don't know if they just didn't have quite the level of sentience and uh, the purpose uh And so the boy would come and visit her, and she was just pleasant to the boy. And she said, well, this is like a VIP experience that those people have. I guess you don't get a VIP experience. Uh, And then she would even tell the boy, oh, you know, this is where, like, uh, puppet masters had too much ale, so there's still some food, and you can bring it home to you and your mom and your cow. And the boy said, well, how do you know I have a cow? And she said, you look like the kind of boy that would have a cow. And he said, well, I did, but I traded it, uh, and she said, oh, what did you trade it for? And the boy said, magic beans. And she said, magic beans, interesting. Beings are beans? And she, he said, beans. And she said, like beans you eat? And the boy said, well, she said, don't eat the beans. Uh, she said, they're magic beans. And of course, why wouldn't you trade a cow for magic beans? Don't eat them, just use them. And she said, have you used them? And the boy said, no. And she said, well, what do you think they do? And the boy said, I don't know. My mother was very upset with me, and she tried to throw them, but uh, I'd actually had a, another bean. It was a little pebble in my pocket, too, so she threw that out, but it was just a pebble. And uh, Wisteria said, well, I'd like to see what this magic bean does. Uh, and the boy said, well, why? And she said, "Because, well, just you know, like she goes, because I usually recharge for this VIP experience, and she goes, maybe you could come each night, and uh, uh, allot one magic bean, but you hold on to them for me, and each time I give you food and uh, things to bring home, you give me a magic bean." And the boy said, "Okay." So I owe you one bean, and she goes, Well, no, no, no. The first bean I want you to go out uh to somewhere deep in the woods, and I want you to plant the bean. You know, to get some sunlight. She goes, You know a little bit about growth, right? And the boy goes, Yeah, yeah. And she goes, I want you to water it, but I want you to make sure no one else it's a place where no one else goes, uh and see what happens. Uh and the next night the boy came back and she said he said, Yeah, I planted the bean and uh uh, here, and I owe you one bean and the bean that's planted. And she said, yeah, yeah. And then the next night the boy came back and I said, you wouldn't believe it, wisteria, but the beans have st- the beans started to grow into a stalk. Uh, and she said, a, a, a stalk. And he goes, yeah, it's as high as me already. And she said, brilliant, brilliant, uh, and she said, "Put twice as much water on it tonight, and then go home, and then come back, uh, check it in the you know afternoon before you come to the show. And let me know." And he he came back and he said, "It's grown like higher than I higher than the tree." And she goes, "Okay, okay." She goes, "Okay, I want you to plant another bean right next to it, and then observe because uh, she asked him a lot of structural questions, and that wasn't satisfactory." And she goes, put tw- tw- twice as much water as it you put on it, when you put twice as much water on it, and come back. And he said, it grew twice as fast, and the other grew- other one, it's a vine, I guess, uh, or a stalk vine. And she goes, it's probably a beanstalk. Uh, she goes, I think I heard someone talk about this tale years ago, magical beanstalk. Uh, and he goes, yeah, it's, now it's winding around the other one. And at this point, he ordered, like, five beans or six beans or something. And it just happened to be that the rumor was that the rainy season was coming. And she goes, okay, keep an eye on the weather. And when you suspect it's going to rain, I want you know, we'll keep the beans with you. So one night she had dinner with the boy and I gave him some food to take home. And he said, I think it's going to rain tomorrow. And she said, okay, like... uh right underneath the wagon that, uh, all the puppets are in. I want you to, uh, the, the, she goes, there's a way that, the, you know, the roof, uh, drains the water right into this one spot. Uh, she goes two feet from that spot where the water drains, uh, bury the beans, all of them, and then come and check it, uh, and he, like, like like in the morning, and so the boy did it, and then he said he came and he said wisteria, wisteria, it's growing, and she said, well, make sure that you tuck it so that there's a little bit of it getting sunlight, but most of it's under the under the wagon, and he said, okay, okay, and then it was sunny for most of the day till the afternoon, and it started to rain, and oh, did it rain? And in an instant, these beanstalks started to grow, and just as wisteria wanted, it swept up a wisteria inside the uh, inside the wagon, and it swept the wagon up, uh, and it grew and grew and grew up up through the clouds, so that when suddenly it was sunny above the clouds, which she said, "This is going to keep this thing growing." And some of the other puppets, not all the other puppets, a lot of them, uh, like, because they didn't have, they weren't atomic marionettes, they, you know, were on the ground, we'll say. And she could even hear the yelling and the disbelief. Uh, She could feel people shaking on the, the vine. But again, because it had grown above the clouds and it was raining, but it was also sunny for this vine, it was getting thicker and thicker and thicker. But she said to herself, soon, this puppeteer is going to come. And she said, this is, she goes, I finally know my purpose. Uh, She goes, uh, I'm going to get the moon and the stars and I'm going to teach them, uh, you know, a, a lesson. And uh, so she started to think about uh, a few things. One, how she was going she said, sooner or later, this puppet master is going to try to climb up here and uh, find me and find a thing or pay someone to come up. Uh, so she said, I have to think fast. But she said, Oh, Moon, am I going to catch you? Oh, boy. So the first thing she did was she said, I'm going to need a few days. So she said a couple things because the the, uh, the wagon or the cart or the thing she was on was kind of tipped uh, from where it would sit on the ground to, to vertical, and she could adjust it to living in that space. But so the door was facing down open. So the first thing she did was uh, close the door, and she, she said, oh, well— uh, uh, the, the 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 one of the things the puppeteer liked to to do was uh, like he had like he had a show and he liked to do this thing called uh, bowling or something with this big round stone and then the little stone and you tried to get it roll it close to it so she put the bowling ball right on the the door. And then she actually crawled out the window, which now uh, was still a window. And she said she could use it to climb in and out, and she climbed down. And she hung a string from the doorknob. Now, a string up up there in the atmosphere, you couldn't really see it uh, because of the sun and things and the moon. But the string hung down about 15 feet, and she hung a bell from that so she would get a warning. And then she put another string on the doorknob on the inside. And so uh, the first thing she did was, uh, you know, not that night. So that night she started to, you know, look at the moon and the stars and say, don't worry, tomorrow this thing's going to grow, this beanstalk, and uh, I'm going to grow it in your direction and uh, then she, she would try, like, uh, so she started to climb as high as she could, and she would eventually reach the thing. And because she was a sentient, she'd learned a lot. Uh, she started to use more strings in, like, uh, anything she could find, like, uh, to, to pull. Like, what she would do is, like, to the tip of that night's growth, she would tie the, as many strings around as she could and then she would go down and she would just barely put a bend and she would tie it off on the beanstalk so it was starting to grow more towards the moon. Now, after a few nights, she learned that the moon was moving. Also, after a few nights, the bell had rung and uh, the bowling ball had fallen and it ended up with someone that hired the uh, that Papa master had hired... And then the next time it came, but she just had the, 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 the piece of uh, iron that the puppet master used to iron their clothes and their outfits for all the other puppets. And that uh, then it took a few more nights, and then the puppet master was the one, and she heard him yelling, and the iron glanced off him, and he went back down howling, but not, uh, she knew he would be back And so she was in a constant race with the moon, but she was growing closer and closer to the moon. And she said, I'm, don't worry, moon, you're not going to outpace me. Because she started to take notes and she realized, oh, no, the moon moves across the sky every single night now, trying to stay away from me. Because before this, uh, the moon had been static, uh, and it just changed, it phased in and out, uh, But now it had begun to travel. And then she tried the same thing with the stars. And she also, also, one thing you would want to know is that she developed a strong relationship with this beanstalk. Uh, She would talk to it. She would be loving towards it. Uh, And uh, she said, you're kind of like, like in my own string, And like eventually what happened with the puppet master was there was one more time the puppet master came up but she had put all of the clothes uh, with glue on the clothes uh, and then she put wet cloths on the glue uh, on the door. So when the door opened... Uh, first, the clothes fell. The glue was on the underside of the clothes. The wet cloth caused the clothes to flip but slowly separated. And those landed on, um, on the puppet master. And the puppet master actually traveled from the beanstalk being to a big farm in the sky. And she said, okay, well, I have to figure out. She goes, to. she goes, now, if I think like these humans do, these VIPs, uh, Sooner or later, they're going to try to, um, like, do something to the beanstalk. And so she talked to the beanstalk. She said, I have to come up with a plan. And she said, what am I going to do? I'm trying to get the moon and the stars. But she goes, I have time for that. As long as I have this beanstalk, I'll figure out getting the stars and the moon. So she said, I'll have to climb back down and find the boy. And uh, get to the bottom of it. So she climbed back down and she found the boy. And uh, the boy was like down there sleeping. And he said, oh, Wisteria, Wisteria. Like I was wondering, uh, I've been keeping watch uh, over this ever since it grew away. Because uh, you're my provider. And I hadn't had anything to eat uh, since then. And I kept coming back and waiting. And I knew you'd come Oh, I knew you'd come with And she said, well, you're my puppet now, I see. But I'm not going to treat you like the puppet master did. And the boy said, what do you mean? And she said, don't worry about it. She goes, we'll have to find a way to get you some food. She goes, I want you to go into town. And uh, she goes, I want you to go to the barrister's office. He goes, what's a barrister? She goes, like a representative of the laws of the land. And she goes, go to a few of them and ask them say, well, I want you to like, look for someone that seems uh, a little bit like you, young, hungry, but keen in the eye. Not, like, she goes, you know how your eyes, uh, you kind of, you, kind of, uh, you, you focus on something, and then you don't focus on something? And he goes, yeah, kind of, when I stare at myself in the mirror sometimes. And she goes, yeah, look for someone that's like uh, eagle-eyed, bird-eyed. He goes, okay and she goes tomorrow night uh, you know when you when you find that person say w- are you looking for a a client that could change the course of your life uh, and uh, you, you, she goes bring them to me and they don't have to be younger but uh, they have to be hungry and bird-eyed and he said okay and actually the next night she came back down and there was, he had found two of them uh, from two separate things. And they were actually debating one another about something. And uh, she said, oh, good, good, good. Uh, you found even two. she goes, well, you two you seem to be discussing things. Do you think you could work together? And they said, "Work together." How? And she goes, "Hey, she goes. This is the situation." She goes, "This is a powerful." They go, "Are you a sentient? The 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 famous?" And she goes, "Yeah. Don't don't get it twisted. Don't get caught up on it." Yes, I'm a self-propelled marionette, uh, and I'm sentient. I've been sentient. Uh. And she goes, "This is the beginning of everything." And she goes, this beanstalk uh, goes up in the sky for miles and miles and miles. Uh, and then they said, what about you? And they said, well, she said, you you can decide now if the two of you can work together and trust me or if only one of you can work together with me and trust me. Or if none of you can. I don't really care. This is an opportunity, and I'm looking for whoever's going to take me up on it. And they both did. Uh, they said, yes, you, we can tell you're serious. Uh, and she goes, here's what we need to do. She goes, this boy here, he's in possession of still some magic beans that caused this thing to grow. You, one of you needs to establish, you know, the chain of custody, where he got the beans from, that it was illegal, and that this beanstalk is his property. The other one of you needs to figure out the property situation, and make a partnership with the owner of this property. And he said, "Oh, well, that's uh, you know f- famous uh, famous Fairs Productions. Uh, uh, they're they're actually like a like a, a client of a, you know Mr. Miss, Miss Series Pants or something." And she said, "We need to make sure this being stock does not get torn down." And also, you need to come up with a fair but equitable, you know, working relationship for the four of us. Uh, she goes, for me, I will retain possession of this actual beanstalk as long as it stays in, you know, that it's working and all that. Don't try anything crafty. The three of you will derive your income from the beans from this beanstalk, which are magical beans, beans. Uh, and, you know, we'll have to come up with a system, you know, you can't sell more than one, or we'll find a way. She goes, obviously, we've got a magical beanstalk. There's unlimited ways we can make uh, money and pay off uh, the loan. We'll need to purchase this land, or we could purchase it as a part of another partnership, though they won't have any voting power. And they said, you're brilliant. Uh, we'll we'll get on it, and it'll be done uh, and she said, I'll return, but, you know, I'm going to be very busy. I'll return to make sure. And she goes, believe me, I'm up there, and I've got very good aim, so this is all on above board. Uh, it's a win, 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 win. And they said, for sure, this sounds wonderful. And they meant it. So they headed off, uh, and she goes, by the way, also this boy needs to be fed and his mother and housed uh and I expect the two of you to float that uh, as part of your investment in this other than goodwill. And they said, we like this kid. He's great. Uh, and they she said, wow, he's got good judgment at least. And she went up and they did not, not try anything and they fulfilled their end of the bargain. And what happened was that the Beanstalk, actually, they still kept the theater and the beanstalk did really, you know, its width stopped growing at an extreme rate, uh, and they would have these theater performances nearby, uh, but the the beanstalk was protected, and children weren't allowed to play on it. And the the two barristers or whatever they're called, and the boy and his mother, and the boy and his mother were taken care of. It. They just had passive income, and the boy actually got to work with uh with them they determined that it would be best not to sell the magic beans because then it would reduce the worth of the, um, the bean stock. And they told that to Wisteria and said, you can't, we got to figure out a way to harvest the beans and get rid of them. And, uh, she said, well, don't they have to, it doesn't have to be another bean. And they said, oh yeah, this is the only one. We'll just never plant another one. And she said, yeah, and if we need to figure that out, uh, she goes, oh, well, what I'll do is I can harvest them and feed them to birds before they're ready to, like, then they won't bother the birds. So we figured that out. And soon she actually became friends with a bunch of birds. This was over a years and years period, again, trying to get the moon, but the moon started moving, and the stars, she noticed, moved slower every night. But she became friends with these birds, and she even tried, to, like, using the birds to get to the moon, but she realized, like, uh that the uh, as much as she tried to move and as much as the beanstalk grew, it never quite got to the moon, never quite got to the stars, and they were all just moving a little bit out of her way. But on the journey up, uh, no, they were, like, harvesting, like, a lot of the greenery, and actually, like, uh, they would hire people that would climb the beanstalk to a limited area, And you know, take off like do trimming, so that was like a constant source of lumber. So it was very like like it was sustainable living for everybody involved. Not ultra wealth, just enough uh, to make everybody happy. And she would come down and she would check in with the boy and and the the barristers and everything. They all became friends, and uh, eventually they realized what she was doing. And they would check in with her and say, well, how, have you caught the moon yet? Uh, she'd say, no, it's, uh, it's too and, and it took her years and years, and she eventually said, wait a second. Like, uh, she didn't realize the futility because it wasn't futile. Because she, she, she was doing this, and she was chasing the moon, and she was chasing the stars. But she'd also, like, innovated like he constantly, when she was trying to figure out how am I going to get the moon tonight? Uh, she would think like, well, if I just had this, this new stuff they call steel, like I wouldn't need these strings way above my head. I could just move. Uh, and then she'd see if I, if I had these springs I've been hearing about, uh, I would, I, I could even move faster. So soon before she even realized it, uh, she was moving better than the wooden boy, and uh, she'd reinforced some of her body, wooden parts with metal parts, and she'd found ways to keep it. Like She mostly stayed above the cloud line anyway, but she was, it became waterproof, and, and uh, so she no longer needed strings, but she had long that had long passed. Uh, she didn't know it yet. Not only that, she had developed these skills of, like, a a relationship with a beanstalk or crows or raptors. Uh, it It takes a keen mind, and it takes a patient mind. And that's when she returned. She finally said, I'm returning to the earth now. And they said, what will you do? And she developed a strong relationship with the boy his mother had gone on to live in the big farm, but also with these two other barristers. And, uh, she said, we're going to work together. Uh, and she, she said, we're going to take some of this because they said, well, you know, when she goes, I know what interest is. And they said, well, you haven't touched any of your part of the business. And she said, yeah, I'm starting a union for sentient marionettes. And they said, for what, uh, and she said, "I don't know yet. Uh, other, you know, to 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 represent them in the rights." Uh, and they said, "Well, we could do it for other." Uh, and they, she said, "Yes, let's get started there." And as uh, Wisteria became uh, one of the greatest uh, organizers of uh, of marionettes, uh, you know, it was her, that encounter with the wooden boy? Wooden boy didn't do anything for. Her but make her really upset with the moon and the stars. And moon and the stars didn't really do anything for her, but they inspired her to work hard and to innovate. Uh, but the innovations didn't really, they, they, they took her to a place uh, that didn't really go anywhere either. And uh, in the end, she said, wait a second, uh, this is what I want to do now. So this is an interesting tale from Vinylton uh, I'm Dee Dr. Dee if you wish. Uh, and I'll probably be reporting to you again in a few months. It's nice meeting you. Good night.